All right, we are live and we're going. This is the second time trying to record this podcast, and I had the stupid idea. I was going to record. I set up everything in bed. It's like nine. It's like ten o'clock right now, and I set up everything in bed, and I sounded really terrible. It sounded like I like it was the worst idea. Anyway, so I'm back at my kitchen table trying to record this thing. Probably, you know, it's really sad because I'm getting lazier and lazier every single day because I've been at home at uh, for like, you know, 45 days almost, over a month. And, uh, you know, I have no schedule anymore. So it's just like anything goes. Like I was up cooking the other night at like three in the morning. Like, you know, there's no rules in the morning. Like anymore, but anyway, uh, thank you for joining me in this podcast. I have a lot to get into, a lot of stuff that's happened, and I think I'm going to reschedule the podcast uh, just one per week, and that's going to be Friday or Saturday, um, and that will give me the opportunity to talk about the uh, new music that comes out and also the uh, news that comes out uh, for the week, and that will give me the op- you know, just a way to kind of form my opinion on stuff. I think last week I kind of overdid it and I had a news overload. Like everybody right now, there's so much stuff coming out about this thing and you don't really know where to turn to get accurate information. Um, and if there is accurate information that comes out or common sense information that comes out, social media which is where everybody gets their news. Now, social media tends to censor it or flat out delete it. Those doctors that I shared, Dr. Erickson from Bakersfield, uh, their whole video got taken down by YouTube. And also, um, social media is uh, starting to censor more hardcore. Facebook is starting to take down posts. Um, that are contradicting the quote-unquote experts. And when I say experts, I mean Dr. Fauci or they're taking down posts about, you know, protesting and things like that, which I covered in past episodes. But if you haven't checked out Dr. Erickson's uh, briefing, uh, it's still up. And And the great part about this podcast is there's really no censorship unless you're like someone like Alex Jones, which I'm nowhere near that level. Um, that's when I think iTunes took his show down, but there's really no censorship unless it's like a copyright thing, which, um, I haven't got there yet. But anyway, did anybody see, I want to get into, uh, this was from a couple days ago. I was planning, I was up at, this is in my notes, 3.22 AM the other night planning for the show. Um, did anybody see... Nancy Pelosi's $13 ice cream. Like, I can't imagine buying ice cream for $13. Like, the most I'm willing to pay for a pint of ice cream. I mean, this is not a gallon of ice cream. It's it's a pint. She's buying $13 for a pint of ice cream. That must be some dang good ice cream. But she was on James Corden, I don't know, a few weeks ago, showing off her 
$24,000 freezers and uh, showing off her uh, ice cream while the rest of the country, 30 million people, over 30 million people are unemployed and people are struggling. There's a lot of people that are not even getting their unemployment because the state system is so overran and uh, really uh, overwhelmed. Um, and I can't imagine what it's like in California. Um, but there are people out there struggling. And meanwhile, Nancy Pelosi and the people on the left don't really care. And you're starting to see that. They don't really care. But, uh, you know, it's fine. If you have the money, you can enjoy things like that. And I'm not putting down Nancy Pelosi, but going on national television and showing that off is a little bit overboard. And you don't really need, I don't really see the need for one person to have 20 pint. I mean, I buy one package of ice cream and it's just me. And it takes me like, I don't know, two weeks, maybe a week. I don't have it every night. I mean, I don't have it every day. I'm eating other stuff besides just, you know, I can't eat a lot of ice cream at once. But anyway, I want to get into um, reopening America. And here is kind of uh, my state's plan to reopen America or reopen the country or the state, I'm sorry. This is my state's uh, plan to reopen. I'm in Oklahoma, and uh, today, May 1st, Governor Stitt um, announced that they are doing phase one. They're announcing phase one. And uh, so that means uh, dining, entertainment, movie theaters, gyms, and more. And then there's another phase, which these phases are going to last two weeks which originally I thought it was going to last a month, which two weeks seems a little bit more reasonable. But phase two in my state uh, is once hospital and incident rates remain at a manageable level for 14 days, the following phase will apply. Um, continued following safer at home guidelines if they're over 65, maintain social distancing, avoid socializing in groups. Um, and then it goes into employer guidance and things like that. So there, I'm not going to read it all, but you can Google your state. Um, there's a lot of states reopening in May, and um, I don't have that list, but I'm just going off of this local article uh, from Tulsa um, talking about Oklahoma's phases, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to go until June the 1st, which is, uh, you know, it's definitely doable, and, and after that, uh, summer camps and all that stuff will be open. But um, the problem we're having is people on unemployment are actually making more than they would. S some people are making more on unemployment, staying at home, sitting on their butt, watching Netflix than they would actually working. And the people, the people on the left, the Democrats... All of the bills that I'm seeing coming out now, Congress is going to meet next week sometime to work on um, phase four of the stimulus package. Now there was uh, there was uh, three there was three so far, actually one, two, 
3.3 and then 3.5, which was the last one, which is more funny for the PPP. Um, and then there's the fourth one, which is going to mean more peop- more money back into the pockets of Americans, which that may mean a- another stimulus check. I don't know. But all I'm seeing from the left is socialism at this point. It's free rent. It's $2,000 a month. It's $1,000 a month. It's, um, uh, you know, free stuff. But there's no bills out there that are incentivizing or like incentives for people to go back to work. Because if you can make more on unemployment, why would anybody go back to work? And that's the problem. And with 40 million people almost unemployed, I look at it as a ship. There are so many people on the ship that the only thing that's next is for it to sink. And so we need to let people off that ship in order to keep it from sinking, if you get my drift. But Mitt Romney today, Senator Mitt Romney from the great state of Utah, uh, introduced the Patriot Pay which is going to give $12 per hour until July for essential workers. And will, it will give a incentive to, for people to go back to work. And uh, this will give those people you know, more money to go back to work. And I did it with my pay. I'm not going to say what exactly it is, but I did it with my pay. If I were to get $12 extra per hour, I wouldn't be actually making more working. So this is good. This is really good. This is really fantastic. You know, this is a step in the right direction because like I said, all I'm seeing from the left and the Democrats is socialism. They're pushing for socialism. They're pushing for mail-in voting. They're pushing for things that are not good. Um, And, you know, I hope that next week when they put this stimulus bill together, that they're not hiding things in there like mail-in voting because that's exactly what they want. They're, they are wanting socialism and they're wanting mail-in voting. That's their, that's their goal is to try to drag this out to November, which whatever. Um, but basically, this will give uh, people uh, a incentive to go back to work. And the federal government... Uh, is going to chip in nine of those dollars. It's going to be $12. Nine of those dollars is going to be a refundable tax credit for the employer. And then the employer will have to chip in the extra or the additional three or the remaining three, I guess. Um, And so this is really good. Now, $12 per hour, 40 hours a week is like $480. So it's not quite 600. But I know with my employment, my unemployment, I'm actually making less my my state is paying me less um, than I'm actually making per week. So if you factor that in, people would actually be making more. And people in these essential jobs are not just working 40 hours a week. They're probably working. I mean, this covers uh, truck drivers. So I'm willing to bet that truck drivers are not just working just 40 hours a week. People in the grocery stores are not just working. These industries are being... Uh, hard hit by this thing and there's grocery stores can't keep up because so many people are coming in there and shopping I mean people are still hoarding stuff like there's no tomorrow 
which leads me to my next um, point. And I hope I made that clear. Um, like, do I think that the, this Patriot Pay is great? Um, I think I think it's a step in the right direction. I I really do think it's a good idea. Uh, I might I might bump it up to fifteen dollars an hour until July, just to give more people incentive to get back to work. Because if we don't, it just doesn't really make sense for people who are not working to make more money. And then they're saying, let's get back to work. Let's get this economy going. And there's no real incentive to go back to work. You're going to have people not want to go back to work. And then businesses, their company is going to go out because there's no people. And, you know, and that's, that's kind of the problem. Like if we open everything back up, if we open everything back up, there's no, there's not going to be people in certain industries that are going to want to shop. I mean, obviously, grocery stores are still open. Obviously, you know, uh, other businesses are going to be open. But if we reopen some of these retail shops, I mean, how many people are actually going to go? Uh, how many people are, are actually going to go, like, want to gonna go shop for clothes? There's not very many people who are, I mean, maybe. I mean, we'll just have to see. I mean, in certain areas, yeah, because in, if you live in a small town like I do, the only thing to do on Friday night or the weekend is go to Walmart anyway. So, I mean, people are doing it anyway, so I don't know. That's kind of a something to think about, but I, I think people people need to have something to go back to work to. People need to have a reason to go back to work. And they're like, well, I'm making I'm making really good money on, on unemployment. Some of these people who are making minimum wage, making really good money. But if they have no real incentive to go back to work, I mean, that's that's kind of the problem. That's that's a huge problem. Another problem is um, beef producers, uh, local cattle uh, producers, farmers, all across. It's not just cattle; it's farmers in general. Farmers are having this production issue. Where they're having to throw out a lot of products, they're having to throw out a lot of beef. They're actually uh, they're ha they're having to kill healthy stock, livestock, because there's a there's a jam in the production. The supply chain is broken because the restaurants are closed. I don't know about in your town, but the only restaurants that are open as of now are the fast food restaurants. A few weeks ago, I was able to go and order some takeout, but that's about it. All of those businesses are closed, maybe for good, maybe for good. Um, you know, I'm afraid if we drag this out for any longer, it's going to be more businesses are not going to recover. But cattle producers and farmers in general are just struggling right now because they're having to throw out a lot of product. But... In my state, if I can find it, in my state, there is a, um, the Oklahoma Cattlemen Association um, is advocating, and this has been happening for a long, long time. I buy my beef, I buy my meat from a meat processor um, that works with local farmers, um, and the quality of it is so much better. I mean, the chicken is so much better. I buy my eggs from there. I buy honey and things like that and other products. I buy beef and 
I just had a snack today, beef sticks. Um, you know, there is no shortage of meat as of now. There's, I mean, there's there's so much beef, but they have to kill it um, to to uh, make things from backing up to keep it from backing up and all that kind of stuff. But in my state, they're telling people that it's going to benefit the farmers more to actually go to the farmers directly. So, you know, this may just be in Oklahoma, but I'm sure it's in every state. Um, but there's a list in my state of farmers that are approved by the, uh, association, by the, by the, like the, like the state department to sell their beef. Um, and if you buy it from them directly, they, it cuts out the middleman and it's a lot better quality. It's a lot better stuff. And you're actually benefiting the farmer. Um, so, um, you know, buy locally, buy locally. And this is not a new thing. People, farmers have been doing this forever. Buy locally. Like I said, uh, it keeps the money, locally and you know i've been saying this throughout this whole ordeal don't go to walmart or don't go to costco don't go to target they don't need your money it's the mom and pop shops that are struggling through all this i've been making it a point to go to local grocery stores in my area and buy stuff or local gas station you know local is good i mean i've been doing this forever but do it now. Buy, go to your local mom and pop shops. You may buy it a little bit at a, like a little bit higher price, but it's it's definitely worth it. And the reason why I say buy locally and buy from farmers is you're starting to see these meat processors or these meat packing plants, the bigger ones. I think Smithfield and a couple of other ones had to close because of the workers had coronavirus. But when you buy from a local farmer, you don't have to deal with that. You don't have to deal with that problem. And you get a better quality product and you get, you're supporting your local community. So it's a win-win. I, I understand that these meat processing plants and these major companies like Smithfield, which is owned by China, by the way, owned by China. It's a Chinese-owned company, um, which I don't buy their pork anyway. So whatever. It's nasty. Um, try to find someone in your area to, area to support a farmer, uh, a local market. I cannot stress that enough. If you do that and you go and buy a a a big uh, qual like a quantity of stuff, if you have a freezer, do that. And like I said, I don't think there's going to be a food shortage. There's so much food, but if the meat packing plant shut down. And President Trump signed in the law that, you know, they can't. So that's good. And I think President Trump is the only person in Washington right now with common sense and, and, and is actually looking at other things besides this virus. Everybody's so concerned about the virus, but President Trump is concerned about the economic effects of the virus. Because this virus is is has a 90 like a 97 percent survival rate and let me just show you the numbers this is from earlier today but it's still accurate 
the numbers are like, uh, let me see if I can refresh the page here. The numbers for May the 1st at uh, 10 o'clock at night is 239,000 deaths worldwide. But there's over a million people that have been recovered. Out of 3 million, 3.3 million cases, you don't hear those numbers. And, um, you know, why are we in May still having lockdown orders? If those, if, if those are the numbers. Now, who knows if those are the actual numbers. What's coming out now, and I've been talking about it on the last couple podcasts, but I just wanted to mention it again, is that doctors are being pressured to write COVID-19 as the cause of death for the coronavirus. And there are also reports that these hospitals are being paid like $40,000 per case. So it would make sense. I'm not really sure who really knows, but it would make sense that the, the administration is pressuring the doctors because they are seeing a loss in revenue because there's no surgeries and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, these hospitals need to stay open. And so in order to stay open, you have to have money coming in. It's kind of a immoral thing to do, but I don't blame them. It's a wrong thing to do, you know, and I'm thankful for doctors that have integrity and have character and are choosing to stand up and 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 say the truth even if it means contradicting the experts and look you know dr fauci knows a lot more than i do but what i also know is if you look back at past episodes i go into a deeper he's also done some things in the past that i don't really care for and now they're saying that he may be responsible for this whole ordeal because him and bill gates um are you know working together and he's also really good friends with the clintons and that kind of stuff that kind of scares me a little bit it, it really kind of scares me so i'm glad that dr erickson and people like dr erickson are standing up for this situation and it's not just them it's you know other doctors and you know a dr phil came out a few weeks ago and was and he was heavily criticized he was obviously you know like people wanted to cancel dr phil or you know ban dr phil because he had a different opinion than the experts but you have to understand like them coming out is a big big deal them coming out like any doctor that comes out and has a different opinion than what the mainstream media or the experts has. It's a huge risk for them because they may lose their medical license. They may use, lose their business. They may lose their practice if they come out. So, you know, huge respect to this, these people that are actually standing up and saying, hey, um, it's not as bad as they're telling people. It's not as bad as it is. Um, I want to get into Trump's disinfectant comment that he made um last week now he had that was last thursday okay friday whenever that was the um 
whenever Friday was. I can't even think right now. But last Friday, a week ago, he had a press conference. It didn't last very long. It was like 20 minutes. He didn't take any questions. Then he didn't do any on the weekend. And then on Monday, he did one, and he didn't take hardly any questions. Now today, May 1st, um, the press secretary, Caitlin McEnany or whatever her name is, did a press conference, and it was really good. She was like, she was really firm and press, and the um, the reporters were asking, again, dumb questions, but she was like, I can't answer that. And it was so, it was so funny. And she's like, I will never lie to you, you know, which like, uh, I think a reporter asked her, do, do we have your word or something like that? Do we have your word that you'll never lie to us? Which is very ironic because the only thing that the mainstream media has been doing now is, is putting out inaccurate information. Now, to be fair, the reports and the data that have been shared through the White House and Dr. Fauci and Dr. Burks were highly inaccurate. They were very, they were so off. I mean, imagine if you hired a company to, to do data analytics and you went to this company, you're like, hey, based off of the revenue that I have seen this quarter or the revenue that I've seen this year, can you project what my revenue will be next quarter or what will be next year? And they come back with a report and it's like so ridiculous that you just go, this can't be right. This is what's happening. Every report that they came out and um, President Trump came out uh, with a tweet and he said, it's not worth it. I know I'm backtracking here, but I'm trying to catch everybody up and give everybody's opinion on what's going on or my, my opinion on what's going on. But uh, President Trump came out with a tweet and said, these conferences are not worth it. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's really not. Um, at, at first, I thought it was a good thing. At first, I thought it was a great thing because the mainstream media manipulates everything he says and twists and turns it. But it actually hurts him. And with the disinfectant comment, it was like a nail in the coffin. Even though he didn't say that. He didn't say, if you watch the clip, he didn't say that. But the mainstream media is really good at taking little sound bits and pushing a narrative that they want. So I'm glad that they got Kaylee, uh, the press secretary, uh, out there and and... President Trump has a bad habit of saying things in a way that it doesn't benefit him. So I think it's a good thing. I think it's a great thing that they have someone out there that is a filter, I guess. And it's, you know, she's on her, his side. She she is a, uh, you know, a Trump supporter, all that kind of stuff. She's a Republican. So that's good. You know, that's great. I think that it, it's, it will act like a filter. And, you know, those comments really kind of damaged some things um but his approval ratings are great and keep in mind this is election year and he's never once mentioned anything about the election on his campaign at least he never mentioned 
anything. All he's worried about is this virus and getting America back to work. And that's great. Um, but like I said, these press briefings are, were kind of excessive. I mean, they kind of got old. I mean, it was like three hours of, or two and a half hours of just talking. And it was the same news you heard yesterday, but it was in a different way. And it was the same thing. It was very repetitive. So I think, you know, I don't know how they're going to do this new, but apparently the Kaylee is going to come out. And Dr. Fauci is not, they were asking about Dr. Fauci. Um, why isn't Dr. Fauci there? Why isn't Dr. Burks there? It was just her. Um, and the reporters are still worried about the health crisis, but what's happening, what's about to happen, and what's you know brewing for the past couple of weeks is an economic crash or collapse. It's 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 we're on the brink, we're on the edge of here, where where it's it's about to go south. Uh, it's it's really only a matter of time. So, but the but the mainstream media is not worried about that. All they're trying to do is trying to push this COVID thing. Because the ratings are absolutely incredible. And I think it's funny that they canceled um, this coronavirus task force briefing or whatever uh, because because the ratings were so good. And President Trump is like, uh, we're not going to do that. Um, you know, because all they have been doing in this situation is screwing the president over for the past four years, basically. And, you know... And what he did was was savage because he's like, you know what? If you take another sound bit from me and twist and turn it, that's it. I'm done. It's not worth it. And that's basically what it did. And I I really support that. I think that's that's fair because if the mainstream media is not willing to report accurate information about this whole thing, they don't deserve to have the ratings because it's 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 President Trump that's giving him. Like giving these 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 uh, companies the ratings or these networks the ratings, so that's good. Um, let's talk about Kim Jong Un for a second. Now, no one really knows about this guy. I mean, who really knows what's what's in North Korea? I finally I finally watched um, um, what's the show with Seth Rogen. I forgot about it. Um, anyway, the show where Seth Rogen goes over there and. Uh, uh, the interview, the interview. I finally watched that show for the first time. That movie, it's on Netflix. If you haven't seen it, um, really funny, really hilarious. But apparently, like basically, what happened? Like he's the only fat guy over there because the whole country is starving. Um, he's the only like overweight guy. So they botched the surgery. Um, but also, it came out today, and who really knows? But. I guess alcohol has led to some of his health issues and stress and things like that. I mean, who would know, like who would have thought he would ha have a stressful life because he doesn't really care about his country. So he just, I, I don't know. I can't imagine him having levels, high levels of stress. I just can't imagine it. I just can't even imagine it, but whatever. Apparently, like, I don't know if this is true or not, but I've heard that he was the largest, one of the largest buyers of, Hennessy or some kind of lar like liquor. He likes to party, I guess. But um, I guess that's the cause of it. Um, but uh, a North Korean defector turned lawmaker is saying that there's a 
chance that he is dead. But who really knows? Who really knows about North Korea? He said, I'm not 100% certain, but I can say that the, the, the possibility is 99% uh, that he's dead. There's also been some reports that he finally came out today or yesterday or something. Who really knows? Who really knows? But the question is, how is this going to affect the future? If he is dead and President Trump, it seems like this past couple months, this past, you know, at least two months has undone or undid all of the work that President Trump has done. And one of the things that he did was he was the one of the first presidents to meet with North Korea leader or set foot in North Korea. I'm pr I'm pretty sure he was the first. He he made history with that deal. And I don't know some people are saying that he is less harsh than his sister or his uncle or whoever is going to take over and who knows who knows what that situation is going to be like it just you know it, it kind of uh worries me a little bit um i think that there's there was so much work done and so much has been accomplished with kim jong-un through president trump and meeting that situation all that kind of stuff then you know i don't know it's it's uh, kind of a we'll just have to see what happens and who really knows about North Korea? Who really knows? Um, I'm reading this article. I didn't plan to talk about it, but it is interesting to me. And it said how China. This is two hours ago. How China uses its massive surveillance to track its citizens and keep them in line. And it just came out today that um, there was a mass shooting in Canada. And uh, I'll get back to the China thing, but there was a mass shooting in Canada. And uh, what's his name? What's his face? Uh, is banning every all assault rifles. And uh, it just kind of seems back asswards to me that when you have a mass shooting, they are taking away the guns. Like that's the one thing that you need to protect yourself. But there, there are countries like China and Canada that are, and all across the like all across the world. I mean, I talked about the Australia thing, and it's happening in America too, but not as much. But they're using this virus as an excuse to slowly strip away your privacy and your rights. I mean, in China, it doesn't really matter because they are a communist country anyway. Um, and they don't really have that much freedom over there. Anyway, and I'm not really surprised they're doing that, but what if that happened? My question is, what if that happens? What if that finds its way in the United States? I mean, we're starting to see... Uh, I mean, there was a, uh, a in-home salon. The two uh, people who ran it in Dallas or in somewhere in Texas got arrested. Um there was a two undercover cops that went and got their hair done and they arrested them for for having a in-home business. 
And, um, you know, there's certain states you can't go to someone's house. Um, that seems a little bit uh, too far. Um, I posted a video yesterday where a cop went up to someone's door, and I don't know where it is, but it seems like it's in Minnesota or Michigan. Um, but uh, the cops were pressuring the the uh, woman to give give them their, like her last name because she let her daughter go over to her friend's house for like a play date and they are treating her like a criminal. But meanwhile, they're letting out all these prisoners free. That's the, that's the one thing that I can't figure out about this situation. It just seems back asswards that they're letting the people out of prison and they're, and they're, you know, shutting, like they're arresting people who are like doing a home business. They said stay home. And really, I saw this thing today, like I can order fast food, but I can't go get a, like, go get a haircut. I mean, really? Is, is it going to, I mean, this virus has a 98% survival rate. A lot of these people are being recovered. Now, if you're in the compromise system or if you have a you know special situation where you have a compromised immune system, then maybe you don't need to go get a haircut. But for the rest of the, everybody else, you know, people would like to go get a haircut. And it's no it's not any different than going to Walmart, whatever. It's actually better because it's like less people. It's, it's, it's like less people. So I don't understand like why these, why the law enforcement at a state level and it, it's all at a state level. That's, that's where your rights are going to be stripped away is at a state level. It's not, it's not anything that the president's going to do. You know, more of your rights are going to be stripped away at a state level. And you're starting to see that in places like Michigan, which by the way, did anybody see the SNL from two, like last week where they, where Brad Pitt was Dr. Fauci and what's her name? Um, I can't even think. Uh, anyway, the girl, I don't watch SNL, but one of the, one of the, um, the actors was um, Whitmire and they were, they were just like praising her up and stuff like that. And I, you know, that's the thing, like the media is praising these people. They're, they're, they're saying, Oh, they're doing nothing wrong. They are doing so much right now to strip. And the reason why it's important is that once it is gone, it's gone. It, once they take away that freedom, it's, it's not coming back. Or it's, it's very hard to get it back. So that's why it's really important now. And they're doing it at the worst time when everybody is so vulnerable and everybody's so sensitive and everybody, you know, they have fear mongered the American people for two months into, you know, giving up whatever. And at first it was, it was necessary to stay home. And, but we're at that, we're like, we're, it's May, it's May, it's May. Now is the time to start lifting the bans, lifting lockdowns. Now in some parts of the country, I don't think that's a good idea, especially in New York. 
and and bigger metro cities. But if we start in counties of the in in rural parts of the area of the country, you know where it's where there's no cases at all. You know there, there's a county by me that has zero cases, and then there's a county south of me. There's a county north of me that has zero cases. There's a county south of me that has like sixty. And I'm in the middle with like five or six. But the point is, if we start opening up these counties and parts of the country that have no impact at all, or like little to no impact at all, then that's kind of the a good kind of game plan to start reopening the country. But like I said at the start of the show, the Democrats want you to stay home. The people on the left, the mainstream media, the... the powers to be whatever like whatever you want to call it bill gates you know he wants you to be controlled and once you're on the government's teat then they have the perfect it sets up the perfect opportunity to control people so i don't know that's and you know i don't know too much about bill gates but what you know a lot of things i've been hearing is super sketchy super sketchy And especially if there is a 98 point whatever survival rating, people are being recovered from this. I don't see a need for a vaccine, but I may be wrong. I mean, this thing may come back. They, this thing may have a second wave, you know, it's, it's obviously like, it's obviously going to slow down a little bit in, in the summer months when it's hot outside. And that's like a proven thing. Um, when it's hot outside, you don't have it's it's a little bit harder for that to spread. But when it gets colder, it starts to you know like spread more. So there may be a second wave in this, um, and it may be worse. I don't know. Who knows? Who? Who really like the experts don't even know. So I, I don't even know. This this is the stuff I'm hearing from people. But the point is is that I don't think that there needs to be a vaccine. Especially if Bill Gates is behind it. Because what I'm hearing is that the patent number that he used to patent this thing is six six six. It's like six zero six zero six or something like that. Super sketchy. I don't. I don't trust. I don't trust Bill Gates at all. And I don't. And I don't trust Dr. Fauci, at all. Absolutely not. But I want to get into. Let's let's get into. Uh, let's kind of switch gears a little bit and talk about this new um, this new case. Uh, it's like the eighth. Um, case for sexual harassment against Joe Biden and Joe Biden is playing trying to play dumb I mean I don't know if he even knows what's going on anymore and and uh let's just see let's just uh start with um look like I had this all set up and uh trying to reload let's see right here So if you didn't know, Tara Reid was a staffer for Joe Biden back in 1993, and um, there was a caller 
uh, on the Larry King live show that called in and was asking a question. She said, I'm wondering what a staffer would do besides go to the press in, in, in Washington about a sexual harassment case. My daughter has just left there after working for a prominent senator and could not get through to her problems at all. The only thing she could do is go to the press. She did not do that because she respected him. The the host, Larry King, responded, in other words, she had a story to tell. Now, she didn't... I watched the clip, and by the way, the clip has been taken down off of YouTube and taken off of like streaming services and stuff like that, the episode, which is super sketchy because... If they left it up, it would have been fine. But the fact that they took it down, it just kind of like shoots himself in the foot with their, with their, they're trying to like let this go. And if you remember, two years ago, the Kavanaugh hearings, you know, they treated this situation totally different. And uh, there is a celebrity. And her name is Rose, um, Rose McGon or whatever. Anyway, uh, her name or her, I never heard of her at all. Um, but she is brand, she came out uh, this week and she has branded the Democrats, uh, and the media as a cult, uh, in the wake of the Joe Biden. And she basically criticized, um, Alyssa Milano, uh, for standing up for Joe Biden. She's like, I'm still supporting Joe Biden because that's their only option. They're trying to throw this under the rug and act like it never happened. But I'm glad the people out in Hollywood especially are calling them out on their on their crap. Um, because, you know, if they're willing to destroy somebody's life like Kavanaugh, why are, it's the same exact thing. It's the same exact thing. Now, the accuser, Tara Reid, is not a Trump supporter. So it wouldn't make sense for her to come out on election year. She actually is a Bernie Sanders supporter, which makes me think that this is this is a legitimate claim. You know, Dr. Ford couldn't remember detail. Like, her situation was very sketchy. But something about this kind of really is is uh accurate and i'm not just saying that it there's there is multiple multiple women i mean there's like eight now that are coming out but basically this this actor rose mcgon um she came out and said um i used to be a democrat I used to be a proud Democrat. I used to be a proud American. I would have died for this country. Um, I thought democracy meant I had a right to choose those who lined up with my value system. But what if there's no one? Now I know too much, and I feel quite a sense of loss tonight. I'm not a cynical person, but America, goddamn. Republicans have always been painted as the bad guys, but I've always seen them more as a cult. Now I realize... That are the that that I realized that are the Democrats and the media, basically just saying that the media is a cult. This is that this is deeper than a cover up, and I'm sad. There's death around all corners and shadows in the daytime. It hurts. 
yeah, she, um, yeah, she uh, said she criticized or she criticized Alyssa Milano for endorsing Joe Biden after this uh, um, sexual assault allegation. She said, "You're a fraud. This is about holding the media accountable. You go after Trump and Kavanaugh, saying believable victims. You are a lie. You have always been a lie. The corrupt DNC is on a smear job of Tara Reid. So are you. Shame." Um, yeah, so that's the thing. That's the thing about the situation. They come out and say, believe women, believe all women, but they don't want to believe all women. They want to believe only women that fit their agenda. They pull, you know, the porn star, they pull, which, you know, I don't care. You know, that's in the past. That's five years ago. But the point is they pull Dr. Ford. And they, they push that agenda till the cows come home, but they're not willing to do it on their own side. It's very, it's very hypocritical. It's really quite hilarious to watch them crash and burn, which honestly, and you know, Joe Biden is coming out and saying, it came out today and he's like, it never happened. It didn't happen. He didn't even, he doesn't even remember what he ate for breakfast yesterday or this morning, probably. Like, how is he going to remember something that happened 30 years ago that, you know, and, you know, whatever. Um, but I, I want to mention, I want to read this. Um, I want to read this. Uh, there, there's, a, there's a trend going on on Twitter. Um I don't know if it's gone viral yet. Okay, this I'm try I have 14,000 tabs open and it's kind of hard to keep track of my articles and stuff, but there's a tweet by this Rose girl that uh she said Tara Reid is telling the truth. Okay. And she pulled out the Larry King clip and all this stuff. This was what I what I was trying to find earlier. Um Okay. All right, but I want to read this article that was put on Fox News. Um, it's from Leslie Marshall, and she it's an it's a opinion piece. Basically, she's like, I believe Joe Biden. I believe Joe Biden. I believe it never happened. And she said, here's why. First, I know that because of the title of this opinion ed or op-ed or whatever, that there will be some of you that assume just because I'm a Democrat, I simply wouldn't believe any woman who has a allegation against a Democrat public figure. That is not simply true. I believe some allegations against Al Franken and Bill Clinton. Anyway, she goes into she goes in and basically she's like the reason why the reason why I believe that this is not accurate. And the reason why I believe Joe Biden, she says that President Trump hasn't mentioned anything about it. She's like, President Trump hasn't, uh, let me see if I can find it. President Trump hasn't harped on this. He has said that Joe Biden must answer this claim. And now Joe Biden has done so on national television. But why Trump, but why didn't Trump attack Biden with this like he did Hillary with her husband claims or weigh on this topic more. He, uh, you know, President Trump is in the middle of a p 
pandemic. Like, do you really think that he really cares for one thing to weigh on this issue? But he is like, um, I don't know, waist or neck deep in this like problem that we're having. Um, and I'm not trying to downplay this issue. Like, I, I think it's I think it's an important issue, but uh, we have a pandemic right now. It's it, it's not really a pandemic. It's a crisis. It's it's an economic crisis with a side of health risk and things like that. That's basically what it is. But but she, she's trying to throw this back on Trump. And and there was a reporter today. If you watch the press briefing, that ask she brought up the uh, sexual allegations against Trump with <laughs> with like the porn star and like. You know, the uh, Kaylee, the press secretary, she was like, that was already covered five years ago. I don't need to talk about that anymore. And they just, <laughs> they just shut up. They keep on wanting to try to bring up stuff, bring up stuff that doesn't really matter. And uh, it's quite hilarious what they're trying to do. It's really embarrassing. And they're trying to blame this on Trump. Like, why hasn't, if this was, if this was really real, then, tr then President Trump would have talked about it more. Like, the dumbest argument I've ever heard. It's just the dumbest thing. And she said, Tara Reid is not a credible witness. Anyway. Who really knows? And that and that's, that's kind of my thing here recently. Like, who actually knows what's really going on? Who really knows? This is just my opinion. You can take it or leave it. You can, um... You know, turn it off. That's that's to be about it. This this podcast is free, and you can turn it off. You can delete it. You can unsubscribe, whatever. But, uh, yeah. Just because these allegations are against Joe Biden, the other side, doesn't mean that I'm all for them. I think that, you know, this needs to be treated fairly. This needs to be treated fairly, but it's very strange that the media is not treating this fairly because of the way that they treated it with the Kavanaugh situation or the Trump situation is not fair related to this. I'm all about fair. I'm all about like, you know, if it, if it's not really a, a credible situation then I think we should let it go. But I have a feeling that it's a credible situation. I have a feeling it's, you know, Joe Biden sniffs people. I mean, you know, I mean, it's just, I have a feeling this one is one of those situations where they're telling the truth. You know, if someone like Bill Cosby, who like was America's dad, had that problem... Joe Biden, like, literally comes out and sniffs people. But if these allegations are false, then we should be, we should treat it fairly. And we should, you know, treat it fairly. That's all I'm asking the media to do, but they're not doing that. And I'm glad that celebrities and certain people are, are stepping up and calling BS on this because, you know, they're like, believe all women. No, you believe some women. Also, I want to talk about the, la the on the last part of this podcast, I want to talk about 
um, censorship and also corruption. There's so much corruption. Like I mentioned in this podcast and past episodes, there's corruption in China to start off with. You know, they're not releasing accurate information. They didn't tell us, you know, in time. Um, the U.S. government is playing politics with this bill and the state um, at a state level as well. They're they're uh, being very tyrannical with their rules and their orders. Um, you know, the pharmaceutical industry, like I said, is or the the health industry, the healthcare industry is being very corrupt by beefing up the numbers to make it sound like it's worse than it actually is by providing a incentive to these hospitals if they diagnose the cause of death as COVID. And also Bill Gates, very corrupt person. I don't want to get into that, but he's very corrupt. Um, the state system is, or like the, the uh, state prison system and the federal prison like they're letting people out. They're letting prisoners out while arresting people. There's so much corruption. I think this situation is exposing that. And also the media. The media is not helping in this situation. They're actually making it worse. They're pumping fear into people. They're like, you have to wear a mask. Here's the thing. If you want to wear a mask, that's fine. That's your business. I think that you should protect yourself. But... You know, this all goes back to the corruption at a state level. You know, some of these states, you have to wear a mask when you're outside. That is government overreach. They're f pumping fear into people through the media. They're like, you have to wear a mask. And it's causing divide in some of these families, including mine. Because I'm on the fence of, I want freedom for everybody. And if you want to protect yourself, that's great. If you don't want to wear a mask out in public, that's your business. If you don't want to protect yourself, like the only thing a mask does is protect yourself from other people. It doesn't protect yourself. Gloves protect yourself from other people or other germs. It doesn't protect yourself. It actually spreads it. I, I saw a sign at a business and it, it was on Facebook and it said, no gloves allowed. It actually spreads the germs faster if you wear gloves. We, saw, we all saw that video of that lady eating with gloves on. She was on the subway. How is that sanitary? She was eating with gloves on. She was eating fries from McDonald's with gloves on. And all a mask is doing, if you, if you listen to that episode, I want, you, I want everybody to listen to that episode this weekend of Dr. Erickson. It's still up on my podcast if you want to check it out. Like I said, they took down the the video and um, there's so much censorship happening right now. There's so much corruption happening right now. There's there's the three C's. There's coronavirus, COVID-19, there's corruption, and there's censorship. There was a, there's a big uh, conservative Twitter page that got taken down this week. You know, so that's going to start happening. You know, anything, and he was a well-known Q supporter, and he one of his last tweets was talking about vaccines and things like that. And, you know, I'm not an anti-vaxxer, but I'm also not going to get the vaccine for the coronavirus. Because I haven't got a flu shot, and that's the thing, like, 
there's so much corruption. They're trying to use their power and and their authority to try to push something that I don't really like. You know, it's just not looking good. You know, um, that's just my honest feeling about the situation. And they're talking about mandatory vaccinations. Like, no. They're talking about, you You know, imagine if they said, in order to go back to work, you have to get vaccinated. Or you don't have a job. That's coming. That's That could be a possibility in some places. In some companies. You have to wear a mask. I, you know, I would rather... I would I would rather wear a mask than get vaccinated. Because who knows what's in, in these vaccines? You know, you go to the doctor and they can't even tell you what's in the flu shot. They're not going to tell you what's in these vaccines. Who really knows? Like I said, I, I, I stopped getting a flu shot years ago. Four or five years ago was the last time, maybe six. But, uh, you know, they're, they're censoring people's, you know, if you have anything that's opposite or that counters any kind of, I mean, even if it's just a opinion, like some of these posts that are being taken down, they're just having a conversation, but they're being taken down. Um, and that's kind of scary. Because you, it's basically saying you can't have an opinion anymore. You know, some of the stuff I'm talking about on the podcast, like, I don't honestly, like, I'm not honestly, like, advocating for it or trying to push it or trying to promote it. I'm just having a conversation about it. And I think conversation and having an opinion is something that is necessary and you know, the problem with these social media companies is they're acting like publishers. But the reason why they can get away with it is they are still under the platform. You know, everybody is welcome on here with all opinions and come on here. But when it comes down to it, there's only one side welcome. There's only one opinion welcome. And if you go against that opinion, you'll be removed. You'll be taken down. I watched a live stream with uh, Zuckerberg, the Zuck. And he's like, we're having to delete posts about people drinking bleach. But you know what I did see a lot on Facebook is articles that was slamming Trump on his disinfectant comment. So if it fits their agenda, they will leave it up. But if, if they are, you know, I, I think it's good that they're, that they're removing stuff. But here's the thing. I'm all about everybody's opinion. I'm all about everybody's liberties. And if you're dumb enough to actually promote drinking bleach, you know, I've said this a long time ago. I think that we should just remove all the warning labels and just see what happens. You know, like if you if you're so dumb that you're gonna just like drink bleach or inject bleach inside your, go for it. Go for it. As long as you know, like the only thing it's hurting is yourself. So whatever you go. I I'm all about everybody's individual freedoms at this point in the game because that's really important but these 
social media companies are acting, acting like their publishers because a publisher can 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 dictate what's actually goes on on their platform or on their on their website i can you know if you like okay let's just say i have a website and let's just say that i post an article and you post a comment on the article that i don't like i can remove that if i want or a like my page my instagram page i can remove comments I don't because I'm all about freedom of speech, but I can do that. But a social media company, they're pushing this, you know, equality for all or all opinions are welcome. But when it goes against what they want to do, it, it gets censored, it gets deleted. And here recently I've been seeing a lot of posts about Bill Gates being censored where they have the fact-checking thing. I saw a lot of that going on this week. Um, and it's not just in the political world. Um, I'm gonna. This is the perfect time to transition into our music segment. Um, so uh, if you want to hear about the new music that came out today, uh, Friday, May 1st, um, stick around. But I'm going to play a song by Chris Jansen. And it was very interesting because... The comments were turned off on this video, and I don't, I, I'm not subscribed to Chris Jansen on YouTube, so I don't really know how his, maybe his whole entire channel is like this, but the comments were turned off, and the like and the dislike was disabled, basically. You couldn't look at the number of like or dislike on the video. Um, so, it doesn't really matter who you are. If you have a a different opinion from what the experts are telling you or from the media, then you will be censored or you will have to kind of be very careful about how you put that out there on, on social media. And you will understand what I'm trying to say after I play this song. The song title is Put Me Back to Work. Here's Chris Jansen, Put Me Back to Work. Gotta be paid, hay still gotta be raised, crops still gotta grow. These are things that we all know. Trucks still gotta drive, people still gotta thrive. Open up the doors and fill the seats. Cause people still gotta eat. Happen to be in free death 
rates up from suicide Wake up people, open your eyes We weren't made to stay inside I can't watch my country die Put me back to work It's been too damn long enough Six pounds down from a lack of food Why don't you try walking in those shoes songs I've ever heard from Chris Jansen um, and I wish that was on Spotify um, I keep on checking but it's not but it's it's on YouTube um, really really good stuff there fantastic and um, you know I can see why the comments are turned off because some of the stuff he's talking about uh, but yeah um, this before I go any further this episode I uh, should have said this at the beginning but um, I kind of feel like bad for you know pushing this but if you want to support the podcast uh, head over to red dirt um, apparel company rdapparelco.com check out the store we added a bunch of new shirts and new designs and hats and stuff like that um thursday was my birthday and uh i put on facebook or put on instagram and uh, I want to donate uh, 50% of the profits that I make um, from Thursday to Sunday, um, May the 3rd, um, to Feeding America. And I also want to match whatever I make uh, from that. So, you know, it's hard to find a charity that is actually going to, you know, the actual cause. But I think Feeding America is a good cause and school is still in session in some parts of the country and uh you know uh, a lot of people a lot of kids rely on the school lunches and so they're doing a good job with that so um rdapparelco.com 50 percent goes to feeding america or you can just donate to them yourself but if you want to donate and give get a cool new shirt or a hat or something like that you can do that but if you order anything this weekend and then monday I'm going to share a screenshot on what we raised 
and like I said, I'll match. I'm gonna match it personally. So basically, 100% of the profits. So anyway, the link is in the description if you want to check that out. But I wanna I wanna get into the new music that came out. Lots of good music came out today, and uh, uh, American Aquarium, which I was really surprised um, by this album, and uh, it's called Lamentations. Now, I didn't like their older stuff, but I was looking at the credits, and the reason why I guess I like this album is uh, it's produced by Shooter Jennings, uh, which is, uh, you know, Waylon Jennings' son, and uh, his original stuff is really good. But I'm going to play a little bit of uh, Me and Mine. Here it is. land as long as my grandfather can remember plowing soil digging holes hauling coal to stripping down the timber then they showed up and they shut us down same old story, the same old town. It's like we don't matter, Mama said. At least that's how it seems. It's so freaking good. I don't want to play the whole song, but this song is like seven minutes long. Um, the instrumentation, the production of it is incredible. The cover of it is like a church. Um, obviously the, the album name is Lamentations. Um, just the production of it is really good. I'll play another song. Um, here is The Luckier You Get. The harder you work, the luckier you get. The more you get done, but the less you regret. Write it down so you never forget. The harder you work, the luckier you get. It has that Tom Petty kind of like Southern rock feel to it. And, uh, you know, Shooter Jennings did a really good job on this project. I mean, let's play another song before the dogwood. Kiss me quick, honey, can't stay long. Here's a long haul. They say you ain't been the same since you laid that bottle down. The songs ain't got no soul. The band's done lost its sound. Get your head out of the clouds, boy. Pretty soon you'll realize that sometimes the thing you can do for a dream is let it die I'm in it for the Lord. man I wish I could play the whole song but uh American Aquarium I, this album blew me away and it's probably the best album of the week but Luke Combs also released uh six feet apart I 
And uh, that was written by Dave Cobb. Dave Cobb. I believe Dave Cobb. Let me check right quick. Brent Cobb. I get them confused quite a lot. But uh, I was watching Luke Combs' uh, live stream on YouTube. And for the first 10 minutes, they were having audio difficulties. And oh my god, it was terrible. It was terrible. Like it takes... I, I, I don't know. I don't know uh, what exactly happened, but the audio was distorted and like the settings on their live stream thing was like the volume was turned up loud and then the it had like a distorted setting and there was like 50 million comments on the live stream on YouTube it was like audio, audio, audio screwed up. He's like, I can't, I, I don't know. And he kept on singing too and the, you could see the guy trying to like adjust it. It was bad. It was really bad. But they finally got it like 15 minutes into it. They finally got it adjusted. And that was like half of the live stream. So anyway, but it was free. It was a free concert. So I really can't complain. And, you know, he's been putting out a lot of good stuff. He put out th this song a couple weeks ago. And now it's officially everywhere. But uh, uh, also Hardy put out Boots. You know, it's not my favorite Hardy song. Um, it's not. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I'm not really a fan of it. But I do like a lot of his other music. His last album was fantastic. It was incredible. Uh, he also, if you don't know who Hardy is, Michael Hardy uh, wrote uh, Blake Shelton's God's Country with, um, uh, man, what's his name? Dylan somebody. Oh, Devin. Devin. Um, I can't even remember. But anyway, he wrote God's Country for Blake Shelton. Uh, we got a new album from Kenny Chesney and his Beautiful World. In my favorite pair of salt water, some bleached jeans, I got a cold one coming and some songs to sing. My guitar's got brand new strings. It's a big old beautiful world. Um, here is Wasted. Ball you be. I used to see your face all over 
TV shows and magazine cuts. Um, you know, it's I'm gonna have to get into it more. Um, I'm not really. I like Kenny's older stuff, uh, but this album, it, it it's nice. There's a lot of uh, good parts. Uh, here's another song, "Knowing You." At a bar on a beach in the sun somewhere, knowing you, you got something cold in your hand. Uh, it's definitely a Kenny Chesney album. There's a lot of beach references and all that kind of stuff. So it's you know it's a great album. It's it's a good one. Um, I'd, I'll just have to give it a couple more listens before I give my full opinion on it. Um, Kit Moore, crazy for you tonight. His his voice is like interesting. I, I I don't know what to think about it on this song. Uh, Dylan Carmichael is is a really good artist. He never lets me down. There's more trucks than cars. More churches round here than bars. I'll show you around. I'm on the map. Country Boy Lovin'. Uh, we got uh, some new music from Uncle Cracker, which I have not heard from Uncle Cracker in a long time. Uh, he released No Time to Be Sober on the cover. It's him um, on a boat with some toilet paper. kind of reminds me of like the all-star song from smash mouth um it's very corny it's basically talking about no time to be sober got to drink up the alcohol which by the way you know it's a good time to release that because alcohol sales are through the roof um also hot country nights uh which you didn't know hot country nights is dirks bentley's 90s cover band or whatever um I'm not really the biggest fan of this project. It's okay. It's kind of corny. It's fine. Uh, but he did release a song called Then It Rained, which um, it, I, I'm really surprised that Garth Brooks is not a writer on this song because it sounds almost identical to um, the Thunder Rolls song. Talking on the phone with my neighbor Ted. I asked him, How's it going? This is what he said. His wife was in Ohio with some old college friends. Would I want to watch the game? And then it rained. See what I mean? It sounds exactly like, and then the Thunder Roll song, whatever that's called, by Garth Brooks. 
Um, he has also has another song called Mull It Over. But on second thought, you could be wrong. get it mullet it's you know and here's the thing i don't like i'm not a, i'm not the biggest fan of 90s country I, mean, I think some of it's great but i you know i'm more of like the outlaw 70s late 60s 80s type of country that's where that's where i, I was listening to some um waylon jennings oklahoma sunshine the other day good god i paused like my movie that i was watching because I I don't know I don't know why, but I just I paused it and I just put on my headphones and just chilled out to some Waylon Jen- like that's where I live. I don't I'm not really the biggest fan of '90s country. It's it's fine though. We got some new stuff from Tim Duggar, um, and uh, here's some of that. That was Circles, Tim Duggar. Got some new stuff from Adam Dolake. Dolake, I think that's how you pronounce it. But uh, his stuff is a little bit more poppy, pop country. But I like this song. It's called Mom and Daddy's Money. Chevy when I turned 16 20 on the counter for some gasoline it was free to me it was mom and daddy's money basically talking about his mom and dad's never shared their financial problems or they didn't let it know how hard it was growing up and that a lot of people can relate to that um, here is a guy, uh, James Robert Webb. He is out of, uh, Tulsa. He lives outside of Tulsa. He's an Oklahoma artist. Um, he released a new album, um, yesterday, actually back in March, but it released on Spotify yesterday. So here's a, one of my favorite songs from him. You know, and that and that is, uh, I guess that is that's his self-entitled album or whatever. Uh, but his album is more like a a traditional album. It, it tells a lot of stories, which I love. Um, it's kind of a little bit slow, but he did a cover of Tulsa Time, uh, which is really good. And think about it, and something out of nothing, um, which are really good songs. But his whole album has like thirteen songs on it, which, um, you know, it's 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 uh. It's definitely for a debut album. It's a little bit long, but uh, it's something to, you know, when I have time, I can go check out and and investigate more. It's definitely my type of music, but it's a little bit slow. Uh, High Valley uh, released a grew up on that.
Also got some new stuff from Willer Walker Jr., um, which if you don't know who he is, he is a comedian that, like the real guy, I can't remember his name, uh, but he's like a comedian and a writer, television writer. Uh, let me see if I can find out the name real quick. I think it's David something. Willer. Dave Hoffman or something like that, or Ben Hoffman. Yeah, Ben Hoffman. He's a comedian, and he basically plays this character, Willow Walker Jr., and, uh, you know, he Ben Hoffman is definitely a liberal because his political stuff came out last year during that whole uh, uh, Nick uh, kid with the media. But anyway... Um, Got some music from him or a, like a like a greatest hits album, which I'm not the biggest fan. It has a lot of vulgar stuff, and I'm not the biggest fan of that kind of stuff. But I do like "F You Bitch." That's a good song. Um, it's <laughs> it's just a great song. Uh, got some new uh, CJ Solar um, and uh, Jamie Wyatt and a new artist Bourbon Bible. That's Jonathan Lee. And when I checked last night, he had like one monthly listens on his Spotify. So he's literally brand new. Um, Stephen Curtis Chapman did a song collaboration with like Brad Paisley. I did a song with, um, let me see, Brad Paisley and Lauren Elena, I think. Um, which, you know, it's it's a great song. It's a good message. It's just, you know, I don't know. It's just kind of corny. But it's a good message. I like it. And it's pretty cool. But got a whole bunch of other new music um, that's on the playlist. So go check out the playlist. I didn't I didn't play everything that I put on there. But there's a lot of good stuff on there. Next week, I'm really excited, um, May 8th, uh, Zach Bryan is releasing uh, Elizabeth, which is produced by Dave Cobb, um, and I can't wait for that. So if you don't know who Zach Bryan is, you need to go check him out. Fantastic dude, fantastic artist. Check him out like yesterday. You need to check him out. So freaking good. It's just him and a guitar and a microphone, basically. That's it. It's really... He's on YouTube. Go check him out. His first album was incredible. Really good. Anyway, that is... I'm going to wrap up the show here. It's been like an hour and a half. And uh, I wanted to uh, talk about some things. And thank you for letting me rant a little bit. I appreciate it. So have a good day. And uh, see you later.